0: All right, hey folks, so today I want to talk about strength targets for hypertrophy. Now, um, if you've been around the Iron Game any amount of time, you probably would have heard of the strength standards of a three plate bench, four plate squat, five plate deadlift. And as with anything which has withstood the test of time, there have been people who've supported that, as I have in the past. And there are people who have detracted that and said it's pointless, it's useless. And I would I'd be first to say my views on the three, four, five strength targets have evolved over time. I'm probably one of those people who contributed to the over reliance of these targets in the past. And I admit that, and I want to sort of clarify my views now. But at the same time, I don't think they're useless, and I want to explain why. So Let's firstly just deep dive into the history behind the three, four, and five. Now, to me, it's one of those things which um, seemed like it was yesterday, you know. Um, but 20 years ago apparently isn't yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, essentially, um, they've been around for a while. But there was a guy in the late 90s called Stuart McRobert. He was a uh, British guy from Liverpool originally, I think. And he popularized this in the late 90s in his books, which originally started off um, called, being called Brawn. He had Braun then Beyond Braun, and a few others. Now, his idea was his argument was just to lay out the argument, that once you were capable of hitting a three plate bench, four plate squat, five plate deadlift, you would be mostly close to hitting your genetic limit, whatever that limit is. And there were some assumptions with that. So the assumptions were that the bench press would be done with control. doesn't have to be paused, but it would be controlled with a controlled descent, um, no more than a touch and go. um, And it would be locked out. Um, And also, you would keep your butt on the bench. There'd be no spotter assistance, nothing. Just your own clean effort with great form. Um, With the squat, the assumption was it would be to at least parallel, okay, Um, And without the use of knee wraps or any assistance gear, just maybe a belt. And the assumption with the deadlift was that it would be a clean deadlift, you can use straps, but um, there was no hitching involved, no double bending. And that was the idea, um, all with the assumption you do this at a fairly moderate body weight, you know, maybe 180 to 200 pounds. Now, <clears throat> those numbers, the the exact numbers don't really matter. Um, I think some people think it's too much, some people think it's too little. Um, other people just think it's completely useless, but, you know, we'll go into that today. The fact is the exact numbers are unimportant. So don't get hung up on those too much. Um, A few reasons why. Firstly, nowadays, most people don't really predominantly use those barbell lifts as markers of progression. They will use a lot of machines as well. Like there are hammer strength machines, um, all kinds of other brands which are really good. Um, Also, inevitably, we are, if we're bodybuilding, we're probably not going to be doing single rep maxes. And there's no real need for us to do that. So we'd be better off with rep maxes. Then there's a the question of how many reps, but, um, you know, that would probably be a better idea. We'd probably also be better off with rep maxes for a wider range of exercises. So the three, four, or five, they were a yardstick for those lifts. But the reality is we we would probably be better off with a much wider range of targets for other lifts and other modalities like machines and cables if we want a long-term target. So on that note, the next thing, do long-term goals actually matter? And I want to say, I want to make the argument they do. Um, Quite a few of you will sort of be aware of the latest trend, and that is to focus on daily habits. And listen, that's great. I'm all about daily habits. It's a large part of my coaching is to ensure that people are using the right daily habits to encourage them to do the right things. Um, That's great. Discipline is fantastic. You know, the whole idea of discipline over motivation, that's great. It's it's fantastic. But it it has become a bit of a stereotype. And like everything in life, people just take it too far. Like, it's fine to have daily habits, but long-term goals are also really important. And let me explain why. Long-term goals smooth out the friction between your long-term vision and your short-term day-to-day things to do. So give you an example. Uh, Let's say you are going on a holiday in three months' time and you want to do a cut for those three months. Well, you have a vision for where you want to be and what you want to look like on the beach, presumably. Now, that vision is going to help you every morning when you get up and you have to go for your walk or do your jog or prepare your breakfast to make sure you stay on the right track. We all have daily ups and downs of motivation. We all do. We might wake up and think, I can't be bothered to go to the gym today. Some days it's like that. Or jogging, if that's not your thing, or cardio, whatever it is, or your diet, right? But your long-term goal will smooth out the friction between your daily habits and your long-term vision. That's why it's useful to have a long-term goal. Like, well, no, I am going to have that breakfast because, again, it all adds to the whole. So I am going to go for that jog later because it all will add up to my eventual goal Daily habits can be very prone to the fluctuations that we have of mood and motivation and busyness but if you have a long-term vision you always are aiming for that vision that will help you to just smooth out the um, the arguments you might have in your in your mind about doing those day-to-day tasks which you know are going to support your overall goal so I will argue that long-term goals matter and it's somewhat unfair to say that long-term goals don't matter and it's all about daily habits. I think that's a bit unfair. And like with everything, the pendulum starts to swing too far in one one direction. So long-term goals are important. Yes, it's important to um, fill out your rep ranges. It's important to get the most out of every weight, to to do the weight correctly, you know, lift the weight correctly. It's very important. But having a long-term vision is also important too. Now, on that note, I'm going to cover a bit of a detraction that I always see in the comments when we discuss these types of things, and that is the um, the similarities between the short kings and the tall chads, right? Both of you guys, the short kings and the tall chads, you actually have quite a lot in common, because inevitably in the comments there is going to be, or there has been in the past, a bunch of short kings who say, "Look, I'm shorter, I'm lighter." There's no way I should be able to lift those weights. And there's going to be a bunch of tall chads who come in saying, look, I'm taller. My limbs are longer. There's no way I'm going to be able to sink the squat that low or bench press that much with these arms, right? Or lift a deadlift that high because I'm so tall. You guys both have a lot of things in common. um, And that is your excuses. (laughs) So uh, basically, I want to just tell you you're both right in a sense, because as you'll see when I summarize the argument, it's not really about the numbers. It's more about why we have a long-term vision. What are we pushing for? So what exactly is the point of all this? The point is, I would say three things. The point is these numbers or any numbers, any long-term goal, it focuses on getting a lifter to really maintain in their heads this need to get progressively stronger. That's the first thing. Now, you might say to me, well, Faz, surely we've had all this discussion about getting stronger is not the uh, the goal. Yeah, I get you. But the second thing is you have to get stronger under specific circumstances. And that was the um, culmination of a video that I made, which was called um, I think it was strength progression for hypertrophy but the video laid out my views on that because again i don't want you guys to go over on one side of the pendulum too far like yes just chasing one rep maxes is probably not a great idea for hypertrophy but at the same time nobody got big by being weak it's not how it happens so the idea is you have to do those lifts this is the second point the first point is it focuses the lifter on getting progressively stronger the second point is they get stronger under specific conditions. These are what you might call progression criteria. So why would I go up? Well, I would go up when I filled out the rep range. I would go up when I filled out the volume range. I would go up when the lifts are all smooth and under control and done like a bodybuilder would. And then I would go up in weight so that I'm always being challenged. You see what I mean? It's, it's, so just because we have strength targets doesn't negate us being bodybuilders. It's part and parcel of the same thing. So we can have long-term strength targets and still train like a bodybuilder. What most people who push back against strength targets are actually pushing back against is lifting like a powerlifter or or, or just lifting like an idiot, really. Um, because even pow- actual powerlifters, like I used to be one, are technicians when it comes to form. So it would be unfair of me to say lifting like a powerlifter because actually a lot of powerlifters are very sensible about their lifting, and their progression criteria is actually very sensible too, just like mine was. It's more accurate to say lifting like an idiot, all right? So the final thing is making all those lifts with the right amount of reps and volume. So again, not doing one rep maxes, three rep maxes, not cheating the weight up, not trying to do it just for one set, and peaking. Building out a base of volume on every step along the way and pushing up, that is going to get you a lot more mass. So the point of long-term targets, I feel, and why everyone gets it wrong, um, people are far too for them, (laughs) to the exclusion of everything else. And and I was guilty of that back in the day. And people also um, say they're nonsense, which is untrue, because a long-term vision helps. So the point is these three things. It focuses a lifter on getting progressively stronger over time. And the second thing is doing that under specific conditions which which are um, an artifact of training like a bodybuilder and the third thing is actually doing those for reps and for a decent amount of volume three three things that's the actual point of these numbers of any long term goals now. <sighs> Just to go back to what we were talking about earlier about um, whether these numbers are actually um, appropriate, let's just have a reality check. Now, you all watching this right now, think to yourself, and to be honest, even write down in the comments if you like, how many times have you in person with your own eyes seen a 3 play aside legitimate bench press done under control With the butt on the bench without spotter assistance, excuse me, without spotter assistance. And let's let's throw another caveat in there. How many times have you seen that done by a guy with a reasonable body weight, like 200 pounds, give or take, you know, 20 pounds? As well as that, how many times have you guys seen a legitimate 400-pound squat? That is, to parallel or below, just a belt, No knee wraps, no knee sleeves, no spotter assistance. And finally, how many times have you seen a legitimate five-plate deadlift done with no hitching? I would say in the gym that I go to, there are a few strong guys. I have not seen any one of them do that legitimately without assistance. The bench is probably the, the closest they've come. But the squat and deadlift are nowhere near. Nowhere near. Nobody has any interest in handling those kind of weights on the squat. So, I would argue the numbers are actually pretty good. They're a pretty good representation of top tier um, development. I would also say one note on that: what you see on YouTube, like you see guy you see youngsters now. I mean, there's there's was it Sam Sheathar recently pulled well over eight hundred pounds, phenomenal. I, I think he's pretty young. Um, What you see now is this wider pool of genetics on on YouTube because we are seeing a greater number of people being involved in a sport. Now, people misunderstand that. They think what's actually happening is the standards are getting higher. That's not what's happening. Right, what's actually happening is there are more people involved. Information is getting better. So the freaks, the outliers, are more prominent. But by that same token, there are also more people on the other end. So the, the whole bell curve is bigger. There are more people in the field. Now, there are more people than ever on the outskirts, on the on the side of being very, very advanced, very elite. More of those people, more freaks. But equally speaking, there are also more people who are just have a terrible response. So over time, the goals of three, four, and five will become less and less relevant. What will actually become more relevant is like I was saying, like the point of this video is those three things. Get progressively stronger under specific conditions for a good amount of volume and reps. Now, you're going to see over time greater and greater numbers of these freaks. It also relates, uh, one final thing, it also relates to the whole um, FFMI formula. And I think people misunderstand that. Even today, people misunderstand that. It's not saying that that's a limit, you know, 25. What it's saying is, when you get people over that amount, and it's possible, I have trained people who are over that amount. Um, Dylan, if you're watching, thumbs up. Um, I know people and I've trained people who have broken the Natty formula. That doesn't mean the Natty formula is nonsense, right? It just means in this bell curve, we are seeing more freaks on either end. The really genetically advanced guys and the really weak guys, we're seeing more on that end because there is a wider pool. And if somebody breaks the 25 FFMI, it doesn't mean they're definitely on drugs or the formula is rubbish. It is the exception that proves the rule. Have you guys heard of this phrase? The exception that proves the rule, because when I look at Dylan, when he shows me his, his lifting um, videos, he is a monster. <laughs> if He lives um, down in kangaroo land, but if him and I were to ever actually meet in person, he would dwarf me, he's a monster. And that's why it proves rule the 25 ffmi rule because anyone above that is just so spectacularly large and strong that it makes the rest of us look very average which we are okay so um just to give my final thoughts on this i would say the three four and five targets um they're reasonable targets because on average we don't see many people in person, the average guy, hit those numbers in any commercial gym. Yeah, never mind about YouTube for a second. Remember, the freaks are on YouTube. That's They are compelled to make videos because they are freakish. And people want to see that. It gets good views. But the average guy, will that will be a great target for the average guy. And the second point is, the actual numbers don't really matter, OK? they would be far better off as rep maxes for different exercises and for various machines. What actually matters is these three things. The first is that we are aiming to get progressively stronger. Second is we do that under specific bodybuilder-centric conditions. And The third thing is we do that for um, a moderate to high amount of reps and volume. We're not just going for one rep maxes or even just five rep maxes. We are doing it for a range of volume. Okay. Hopefully, that has helped to progress the argument forward. I do think long-term goals are important. I think they help to smooth out the friction between your day-to-day targets and your long-term vision. I don't think they're entirely pointless, um, for the reasons I've said in this video. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a lot of nuance with, with the three, four, and five. Right, folks, let me know what you think, and I'll speak to you in the next one.